Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with his Wednesday expert, longest running expert, Anna Kelly. Hi, Anna. Hi, good to be here as always. Nice to be here as well. Again, you are the reason we have an expert series. So thank you for signing on first and being a part of this for a couple of years now. Much, much appreciated. You're welcome. It's been a joy. Awesome. Well, we have to talk about something for the first time. Uh, since you and I've been talking every week, the Fed has, generally speaking, been accommodative, right? They were a little yeah. cranky in 18 before we started talking, uh, you know, every week. Uh, but they they pivoted yesterday. Uh, there are no doves left. Uh, I think calling them hawks is an understatement. On my daily financial news, I joke that they're velociraptors, <laughs> right? There's got to be something more severe than a hawk uh, because we saw Lanier Brainerd who was yeah. the biggest Dove and vice chair or vice chair nominee come out and say, um, yeah, we're a little bit behind. We've got to be aggressive. And I think what she did on the, on is, is she really kicked the back end. I don't know if everybody realizes, but we are, we no longer have an inverted yield curve. The yield curve inverted for about three days. It is no longer inverted because she said, we're going to, uh, purposely reduce the balance sheet, which I've always said is going to move the back end and we're no longer inverted. So congratulations. <laughs> For how long though, right? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> that's the, you know, that's the thing. These yield curves kind of go up and down, but yeah, to your point, And I think a lot of people still say, well, what's a dove and what's a hawk, right? Sure. So the doves are supposed to be like calm and they're for the people. And so they keep interest rates really low so we can buy and borrow stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and hawks are like, uh, uh, we got to like raise rates. Um, it's just kind of a cost of keeping the economy, you know, balanced and keeping mm -hmm. their unemployment where they want it and mm -hmm. um, keeping interest rates where they want it. So when the doves that really don't want to move much, they really don't want to raise rates, start to become hawks. They're like, uh oh, we got to get aggressive. We know that this could hurt the markets. We know this could result in layoffs and, mm -hmm. and wage, you know, wages coming down. But yet it's so important because inflation's so bad. We have no choice but to like come down like a velociraptor like you said and hurt the economy a little bit hurt the markets probably more than the economy mm -hmm. to try to get things where they want it to be what they consider stable yeah i've said for a long time it was very very cranky when they didn't raise 50 points and uh, 50 basis points in march yes um and i believe the fed has a choice to either hurt wall street or hurt main street absolutely up, up until yesterday they were hurting Main Street yesterday. And we're actually going to get valid. This is all theater, in my opinion. It's all theater. As you know, the Fed minutes come out today at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. Mm -hmm. I suspect that those meeting minutes are going to scream, hawk, inflation, worse, we're behind. I think it's going to be bad. Hence, yesterday, everybody came out. Nine, all of them now are hawks right? Yes. So 
it, yes. it's really interesting. Yeah. And that's just really interesting, Michael, even though you're saying, I know the yield curve basically is no longer inverted. Mm -hmm. Many big economists, both foreign and domestic, mm -hmm. um, have come out essentially now and said, we see serious stagflation or yeah. recession for the American economy for sure by 2023. When oh, in 23 yeah. kind of depends, but they're taking this like convergence of both, you know, the hawkishness of the Fed and, you know, increased rates and what that does to Wall Street and potentially mm -hmm. Main Street with the inflation, with the war in Ukraine and saying it's just too much for the Fed to handle and be able to handle with a soft landing and let it just oh. balance out. Like, yeah. I'm pretty confident, like recessions on the horizon, despite the yield curve, tomorrow it'll reverse again. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'll yeah. bet on tomorrow, but soon. Yeah. No, it's so it's, it's funny that you bring this up because I, I, I actually I have a I have a brand new playlist called whiteboard on my channel and I did a economic review of 2022 and 2023 what I expect for inflation, GDP, unemployment, and interest rates or the Fed. And so far I've nailed it. And um, I believe I believe right now, Anna, we are in stagflation. I yes. believe it's happening right now. I do too. <laughs> Economists are interesting because they only call it after the fact. So I'm calling right. it right now. And I called it weeks ago. We're in stagflation. Absolutely. I, also, I also called a recession. Yes, me too. This, this whole soft landing nonsense is a theoretical exercise in futility. It is not yes. happening. You, you cannot stay that low for that long and not break something when you come out of it. So I believe, statistically speaking, we will have positive GDP growth. It will be very weak this year. I think there's too much forward momentum to cause that. I believe rates will tick up, inflation will roll over, uh, but we will have negative GDP. The first quarter of negative GDP growth will either be Q2 or Q3 of next year, with the follow-on quarter also being negative, which means officially a recession. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think it's coming. You know, what, what's real interesting, Michael, so many things change day by day that make us say, oh, well, maybe it's going to happen a little later. And then like, uh oh, now it's sooner. Uh -oh, <laughs> sooner now, yeah. it's sooner. now it's worse. Right. Mm -hmm. So things are getting in a worse direction, not a better direction. And so Agreed. it wouldn't surprise me. And a lot of it's going to depend on what happens in Ukraine and how the markets react to whether they've been preparing wisely for this to happen, as the Fed has been warning since November, December, mm -hmm. or whether they're still caught with their tail between their legs, if you will, mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot more market fallout and, and layoffs. So depending on price, you know, interest rate increases and what that does to employment and layoffs and how quickly it slows down, I think it could start sooner. Okay. But to your point, economists don't call it for two quarters. Yeah. So they're, they're kind of eight months behind the eight ball um, of what the American people are really feeling. Yeah, it's it's... It's, it's, again, I think, I think people need to be prepared. And I think a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how to prepare for a recession. Yeah. So folks check out Anna Kelly's playlist. It's amazing. Hundreds of hours of material there for you to binge watch. Mm -hmm. But when I think about the Fed going, I mean, because I'm sure it's happened, but I don't recall it the last time they just all went hawkish. And again, hawks and doves, right? The Fed has two mandates. They've always had two mandates. I believe they, they incorrectly tweaked it last year. It's part of the problem. Actually, it's probably been 18 months now. Full employment, stable prices. Yes. Those are the two things. Again, doves lean on full employment being their primary with you know stable prices, number two. The hawks lean on stable prices with 
uh, full employment being number two, right? Because you can't have two number one priorities. All parents realize that, right? You got one or the other. Right. Um, right now, everybody, we have full employment. I, in my adult life, so coming out of college with an econ degree, full employment was either six or six and a half. Yes. Then it was five, like during the dot-com era, it went all the way down to five. Now it has been reset to four or like three, five something. Right. We have full employment. We have 5.2% wage inflation. We have more wage inflation now than any time in my adult life. Yes. It is a really great job market, but also the economy is sick, which is just, it's a very crazy place to be. Yeah. It's hard for the American people to understand how can you have wages going up and really crazy jobs and low unemployment and say that a recession is coming, right? But that's what always happens. Things get overheated mm -hmm. and to the point that that happens. And then you have, you know, increase of costs because you have increased demand for wages, you know, to, to get full employment. Then you start to have to, you know, as people are, are buying less, you have to start cutting your prices. And so inflation can, can lead to drastic financial um, situations and, and recessions and depressions and things like that. So, but people tend to never see it coming because it's so good before it comes down so quickly, right? So we have yeah. to kind of read signs and say, where is the, the end of this thing? And one of the things that's real interesting, I just read a book um, called The Lords of Easy Money by Christopher Leonard. Mm. I highly recommend that you and your listen, listeners listen to it. I'm going to do a post on it later this week, but talking about kind of the history of the Fed, the doves and the hawks and what they've looked at and why they've made certain decisions that are cyclical and result in the same thing happening over, <laughs> over and over, and over yes. with the peaks and the valleys. And basically, you know, the feds, not that they're like these bad guys that are sitting in a back room saying, how can we make a ton of money and collapse the economy? Right. But they think they're really smart and then they don't learn from history. So they do yes. things like keep rates too low for too long. Make easy free money too you know, for too long, and then they wait too long to raise rates because they're dovish and because things seem to be going so well. And when they wait too long, it results in collapses. And this has happened over and over again. But one of the interesting things in that book that he that he said, and I I never realized this. I'm kind of ashamed to say it never clicked with me this way. But I just I had studied the Fed, but not extensively, right? Mm -hmm. So he starts talking, he, he has meeting minutes from the Fed and what they did and what Powell did and what, you know, his predecessor Bernanke did um, and, and Volcker and all the way back to the 60s, essentially. Oh, wow. And what they find is that a lot of these more conservative Fed governors, because you, your FOMC has governors and you've got different people that are members, some are voting and some are not. Mm -hmm. So in these meeting minutes, you see what the non-voting members say and what warnings they give to each other when they decide to collectively come up with a a decision on what they're going to do. And one of the things that several of these Fed governors have really warned over the years is, listen, we crashed the economy by not realizing we're creating asset bubbles in the 70s. Mm -hmm. Then we had these asset bubbles in the 2000s. Then we had the asset bubbles in late 2000. And now we're heading to asset bubbles again. And so some of these, um, some of these governors have said, uh, Honig is one of the guys that was on, on the committee for a long time. And he said, listen, when we create asset bubbles, this creates more problem and more likely inflation than anything else we do. Oh, and they're nice. so focused on consumer price index inflation and unemployment that they have not recognized that when they create huge asset bubbles because of the cheap debt, that mm -hmm. that's probably more what causes collapses 
than unemployment and consumer price index inflation alone. But they've been ignored. And so Mm. these governors who've lived through the 70s and they've lived through the crashes, they're like, we're repeating the same mistakes over and over again. And, And they're basically saying we have to raise rates. And the Fed has said, nope, not yet. So to the point, read the book, but the point is we are now again in a massive asset bubble, everything oh, yeah. bubble, right? Um, because of the cheap money and the cheap yeah, risk. Risk capital was essentially zero. Exactly. It's not hard to make 3% when the cost of capital is zero. Exactly. And big <laughs> corporations are borrowing and their exactly. earnings are actually way low because of all the debt, right? And when commercial real estate investors like myself, right? And big companies borrow cheap debt because we can make more money with really cheap leverage that beats inflation most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. It dries up asset prices because we're, we're chasing yield that's better than the low rates on treasuries. Mm-hmm. And so prices go way, way up. So what people don't recognize is, yes, you think things are really good, but they're all propped up on debt that's just yeah. refinanced over and over and over interest only. So the minute you start to have huge asset bubbles where our debt payments are more than a lot of times net profits are for a lot of companies, and they're making money on leverage more than they are on what they're selling, and you have price inflation, you have to raise rates drastically. But to your point earlier, that rocks Wall Street, right? It rocks big corporations who have been propped up on debt Now they're having to pay higher salaries to keep people employed and and entice them. Mm -hmm. And when inflation's so high that consumers go, I can't buy it anymore, we're done. Not only do they have to lower their prices, now they can't service their debt because the Fed is raising the rate. And that, my friends, is what's going to cause major economic problems in the stock market, but also on Main Street and commercial real estate, for example, that's been really propped up with the same debt we might just have a little longer to try to dispose of it. So if your companies and your banks and your apartments that you live in start to have higher debt payments and we can't raise our rents to a certain level, Mm -hmm. it's going to cause some economic pain. So that's why I think recession could come sooner than we expect because we're so interest rate dependent in a lot of sectors of the economy. Yeah, we're going to see. So far, I'm feeling really good about my call. Uh, I will tell you, I'm very nervous. I, I, I'm an accredited investor, as you are. I see yeah. lots of syndications come through. I've seen some syndications close recently on value add that have one year bridge debt. I'm like, you guys are committing financial suicide. This is nuts. I agree. I agree. And that doesn't make me popular among my syndicator friends. No, I'm sure it doesn't. I'm syndicator friends, but I've turned down co-sponsor opportunities nine times out of 10 because nine out of 10, at least, are using bridge debt. And, and you can't do that when you're at the peak of a cycle and all of these things are happening. So thankfully, you know, I'm, I'm not real exposed in that because I've learned from the last downturn and because of COVID. Um, but commercial real estate is going to be hit pretty hard. And so are a lot of stock investors. And so we I just have to, we have to be really careful. And, and to your point, it does take some time in general for, for there to be enough trickle effect of these yes. high interest rates and enough of the tightening and pulling back um, that Mm -hmm. it it usually does take some time. So I I tend to agree with you. We probably don't have the slowdown until beginning of 2023, which pushes the call for recession into mid to late 2023. But just understand things are starting to slow. And you've got to start preparing (laughs) if you haven't already for how can these rates impact you, your job, your investments, your debt, 
And how can you start to to hedge a little bit for if and when for when that happens? Not if at this point, I don't think. Oh, yeah, folks, do yourself a favor. Go to Anna Kelly's playlist. She has the most popular playlist on my channel, other than the daily financial news. Hundreds of hours. Watch the last five or six weeks, three videos each. Uh, I think it will save you some money and hopefully de-stress the situation. So Anna, how can people find you? Right. You can find me here every week. This is the only place I'm really live all the time, right? Because I'm busy with so much stuff and I'm honored to do it with you. you. Um, but you can also find me on social media, Anna Kelly, REI Mom. And my website is reimom.com. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you.